welcome to the Pensem podcast. Uh, Simon here with Fraser and Liam, and uh, we're also joined by Paul Paros from Oxox for t- tonight's pod. How are we, everyone? Yeah, all right, thanks. I, I greatly enjoy every time we have Paul Paros from Oxox on, but that it becomes his full name. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like Frank Lampard's Chelsea, isn't it? It's yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. But I'll, I'll take what I'm given, to be honest. <laughs> right, so we're, we will. Review the uh, the one all draw against Reading for the men um, and the four one win for the for the women against the London Bees. Um, preview Blackpool on Saturday and we're going on Tuesday uh, and also the the women's team have got Pompey next Sunday in a very big game um, and sort of chat about all sorts of things. But um, should we start with the with the Reading game and the and the one all draw and. Kind of followed up from a, a much, I thought, much improved performance against Pompey. And then we were kind of back to some of the old habits again, where it just it didn't inspire too much. It's incredible how a draw can feel like a win midweek and then can feel like a loss at the weekend. Um, and and earlier on in the season, when we were, there were a few games in a row, there were last minute winners or, or losses and if you win one game and lose the next and keep going like that, you get three points every two games. And if we keep on going ahead and then giving it away, it's it's not as good for us. Just some uh, simple maths. <laughs> <laughs> stats, we're doing stats, yeah, we're doing stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. yeah one point yeah. for a draw. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It, it... I mean, stop them shooting on target and it, it should stop you conceding, <laughs> but it, not even that worked. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was... It, very much that um, that positivity after the Pompey game, where you kind of felt right. That, let's take that into the Reading game and and let's try and use that as a catalyst for the rest of the season. And it it's just hasn't quite, you know, it's not not a step back necessarily. It's just we've stood still. We've not not gone forward. No, and the problem is we've stood still, and then Stevenage went and won. Mm. So yeah. you know that that little cushion has gone the games in hand have gone um and i mean things need to start improving sooner rather than later if you if you look throughout the whole season and go they normally say sort of 74 75 points should be enough to get in the playoffs we're still in an all right place to do that but we need to start getting those points sooner rather than later you don't want to go in going oh we still need 23 points from the last eight games do you you want to you want to spread it out and you know 16 points to dot 16 games to get 23 24 points is is you know doable sort of comfortably doable but the sooner you get those points the better yeah i, I it was a really difficult game i mean for, for old timers like me it was you know, there was the kind of Derby Day thing and, and, you know, the atmosphere of that. We haven't had that for ages. I mean, like somebody said, it wasn't Swindon. It never will be. It never is. But it, it's an important game. And uh, and I, think I saw a lot of people I hadn't seen at football for years. You often get that at these uh, bigger games. I thought the atmosphere started well. I thought we played OK in the first half. Actually, it's one of those first halves that if you then kick on in the second half, which I expected us to do, it seems like a really good performance. We did what we needed to do, kept them quiet, got you know snuck a goal, and then pushed on in the second half. I mean, you can't legislate for for Negru's mistake. He's he's a cracking young player, and and uh, you know his through ball for the for the first goal was for our goal was was brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. 
but you know that's what's that's what's done it, and, and we just looked a bit toothless in the second half. Sadly, it was it was really disappointing by the end of the game because during half time, well, I thought the second half, I thought we were going to batter them. To be honest, I thought it was going to be an onslaught of that goal down at the home end. It just seemed like everything was lining up for that. We had the the lead. Everything was. You know, we weren't absolutely smashing them in the first half. They 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 weren't too bad actually, um, uh, but yeah, it it just seemed like I, I was quietly Even confident. Going to be in that direction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was quietly confident we were going to kick on in the the second half, and um, yeah, it just didn't really happen. Um, I thought the second half was dreadful, to be honest. I thought it was so disappointing. Um, I know there's this thing about injuries, but. <laughs> I, Looking at that squad man for man, maybe Eastwood, but there's no one else of that 11 where I go, oh, yeah, it's because they're in the side. We really wouldn't ever play them usually. We still had Greg Lee, I'd argue, is one of the best in that position in League One. It's the same with Cameron Brannigan. Marcus McGuane, we're desperate to get his signature for longer. Ruben Rodriguez has been a revelation this season. Mark Harris is the club's number one striker. All of these players played. You know, it was wasn't as. And I'm absolutely aware we've got so many big hitters out, right? I'm not. I'm not ignorant to that fact, but it it just kind of felt like we should have had enough at one nil to to go on and, and win the game. And I know there was this comment after the game we did enough to win it. We didn't. We scored an own goal. That's not enough to win it. That's yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I get it. There was nothing else Kieran Brown could have done in that situation. You know, if he doesn't, if he's not there, there's a there's a Reading player right behind him. Oh yeah, we stopped Sam Smith scoring. Like when was the last time well, that? Happened? that. <laughs> if you want to find, yeah, out, there's it? that. <laughs> you yeah, mentioned absolutely. the injuries, um, crazy, but but and, and obviously you know there was a, a comment about it. You know Negri's mistake on the dub. They said you know. George and um, and Ben had a, a kind of a disagreement about if he clears it, it, you know, we win the game. Maybe it doesn't happen, but but you've got a you know Sam Long and and Finn Stevens are, are both playing right back this season to you know at, at various times. Negru, you're right, young you know young player making his way in the game, better at centre half. You know, do Sam Long and Finn Stevens make that mistake? Do they? Do they not make that mistake if they're playing and 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 we do go on and win the game? It's a difficult one. I, I you know, injuries. Yeah, every every club has them, but but we we do seem to have had an awful lot of them. Oh, a crazy amount. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to make this point as well. I don't think it's actually remotely Des Buckingham's doing on Saturday. No. I don't know what other team he could have picked. <laughs> That's the team that most of us would have chosen. Maybe yeah. you could make an argument. Could one of the new guys have started? I don't know. Maybe. But then, you know, he might. He would have got it levelled in. Well, why did you throw someone in at the deep end? Especially away? after so, a good performance against Pompey. That, the, you yeah. know, we were all kind of hoping that would yeah. continue. We did end up with think... a weird situation whereby they kept talking about, well, we, we need another right-sided winger because we've got enough on the left. And then we ended up with no one able to play on the left on the pitch yeah. at the end of the game. So that was a, a bit strange. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, if you wanted to, like, alleviate the issue of um, of Negru playing at, at right-back, we've just signed a, a right-winger who can play right-wing-back. Mm. There, there is that option now. I know that his whole thing was, I've signed here because I want to play as a winger, not a wing back. But, you know, for the sake of 20 minutes at the end of a game, that could have been 
the the way around it. But you know, hindsight hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, you, you know, we've got to take the point and and move on. I think part of the part of the thing with the injury problems, and it, it has caused problems. It has caused first caused first team problems. But but I think more so, it's caused it it's given us a a lack of energy off the bench. Because I, I think players are quite tired. I, I mean, we we have had a fairly stable squad, and and, and you know when Manning was here, we were it, it wasn't rotated massively. Um, so I do think there is a little bit of tiredness in there. I hate using that as an excuse. You've got to be able to get up for these games, but you know at that level of of fitness, it, it happens, and and that's where when after an hour you're looking to bring on players who can do the same, if not more. I think that's where we've been struggling with the uh, uh, with the injury. So I, I think it has caused problems, and I am looking forward to seeing what he does with. I mean, early on he couldn't even play the form- formation he wanted, which which was insane. I, I'm hoping now we'll see a little bit more of, of of what Des wants to do and how he wants to do it. Because yeah, it was it was disappointing, really disappointing the second half. It's yeah. it's a bit like the second half became about making sure. They've got, what, three or four danger men, Aziz, Wing, Nibs and Smith. It was about, well, let's nullify them. And we've focused so much on nullifying them and nullified them. But it was inexpensive of doing what we had been doing well and have been Mm. doing well for other parts of the season. Um, One thing that didn't get mentioned much is we did have that midweek game where they didn't. But I, I... as you say, tiredness is an excuse when you are, you know, fitter than ninety nine percent of the the population. It, but it you're also playing against much. players in that one percent of the population that yeah. are as fit as you. And I, you know, there's a. I, I sometimes think it is. Yes, it's you know they, they they have a wonderful life as footballers, and it's it's great. And and you know those of us that work nine to five or whatever it might be, and and tough jobs or whatever. But if you want that absolute fine margins between, like you say, playing midweek and then playing Saturday at the end of a game, you just might have that tiny bit of fatigue that is the the, the percentage difference between making a mistake and not making a mistake and, and, and that kind of thing. It's yeah, it's it does seem like we're being sensible enough not rushing players back. Mm. And if when these players come back they have been rushed back, that is <laughs> that's <laughs> madness because <laughs> yeah. they've been out for so long. Well, there's sort of still a long way to go, isn't there? There's there's a mm. there's still a chunk of the season, and and you know the the real action is going to be later on in the season. It's going to be tight up there. I think I don't I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. Although there are, you know, the good teams are starting to to kind of make their presence felt. But so I, I don't disagree with bedding them in slowly, making sure they're fit, Goodwin, you know, making sure they're ready for all of the games, not just the first two and, and getting another injury. The nervy thing on, on the players coming back is there is immense pressure on them now to mm. to deliver. Mm. Everyone is expecting well-beaters yeah. <laughs> when we have a fully fit side. Who is it that's back for Blackpool? It's, so it's so Goodwin, Goodwin will be back, um, uh, Murphy, um, Sam Bowden. Long and Bowden. So you've got four players there that arguably are in your first eleven. If they're all fit, if everyone's fit and everyone's playing, there's potentially four starters there. So it certainly gives you mentioned the bench, you know, that uh, Paul, you know, the energy off the bench. And I think that would 
give us that, you know, perhaps not expecting Murphy to start. Although if Owen Dale isn't playing, which was mentioned in the pod, uh, the dub, sorry, that uh, there was a bit of a gentleman's agreement that he wouldn't play against his former side, you know, and if, and if that got the deal done, you know, fair enough. Um, or maybe the deal would be done anyway and Blackpool have tried it on and they've got away with it. If it's one game, it's one game. But having that little bit of extra uh, ability on on the bench um, with the likes of Murphy, Goodwin, if Goodwin starts, you've got Harris to come off the bench or if Harris starts, you've got Goodwin coming off the bench. I think it does It does feel like there's a, a Des can then play the, the formation he wants because he has said quite frequently he hasn't got the personnel to play how he wants. And I think he's been pragmatic rather than going, well, I'm going to play the way I want, even if I haven't got the players and we'll play players, you know, where they're not comfortable, but I want them to do what they, what I want a quick winger to do. I'm, I'm expecting somebody else to do. I think he's been pragmatic with, with the players he's got, but now perhaps we'll see what Des Ball is going to be like. And they, they really will. Right. Okay. I'm going to play with two wingers. I'm going to, you know, start Bury on the left. I'm going to start Murphy on the right, and and we're we're going to go for it. Yeah, I hope that when Goodwin comes into the the fold, hopefully it will be at the weekend. Um, I hope it hasn't become so much pressure on him where it's been. We need a striker. We need a striker. Well, we bought a striker. Yeah, but mm. we've got that striker. We've spent that money on that striker. It's been said so many times. Sort of is surrounding the club. Um, Yes, it's a great signal of intent, but he's not going to come in and be Haaland, is he? He's, he's still going to need to, like, that's a lot of pressure for a, a young guy. And, yeah. you know, hopefully it pays off. It is um, it is a bit of a gamble. It's a gamble I'm really pleased the club have made. And I, I hope it pays off because, you know, that's <laughs> strikers are worth money. So he either stays with us and scores a lot of goals or his, his value absolutely um, goes through the roof. Um, but it is a lot of pressure and I hope that there is patience in that regard. Yeah, from what I've read, he's a very confident young man, so that that will go in his favour. I agree 100%. We're putting a lot of eggs in the players coming back, new players basket, but let's be honest, the recruitment, the last two windows has been has been spot on, I think. Um, you know, we agreed it, we'd have taken another forward, you know, and I'm sure they were trying, to be honest, but... Um, but, but what they've done, turning that squad around and filling the gaps, you know, uh, and for me, Matese was was kind of the last big... Icing on the cake. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, everybody was thinking incoming a striker. He comes in and, and you know, that's, to me, it's better. Um, I think mm. McGuane's looked tired. I think his performances have dipped. I think he's a cracking player, but I think his performances have dipped a little bit. You know, Cameron Brannigan talking about putting his head through a wall. He runs through a wall every game, you know, I suspect he'll start. I think Matete might start. I'm just, this is just my guess. Um, but, uh, but that, that, I think he's, a, a, you know, a, a massive player there for the rest of the season, a cracking player. I mean, two seat, two uh, promotions back to back from this league, you know, it tells a story. I don't know why he's not getting games um, himself, but I'm glad we, I'm, I'm glad we've got him here. So I, I do have high hopes that there is a, there is a lot of pressure on all of this, though. There is. His, his signing will allow, if, if, if he does play that deep-lying midfield role, which seems to be what he's suited to, to, to sort of win the ball, give it to the better players. Brannigan might just play a little bit further forward where he can be 
you know more influential potentially as a you know that that attacking midfielder you know rather than expecting him to be box to box by you know picking the ball up center halves and and, and also being the the one that breaks into the box and scores go he could really flourish with with Matete you know giving him that uh, that that insurance behind him yeah i think i'm i'm with you paul that i i am positive about the rest of the season and i think you know there's there's plenty of opportunity like it, most of the seasons we've been in in League One, if we'd have been in this position at this time, we'd have sat the handoff. It's just because we've come down to this position instead of going up to it. Mm. Um, but even if the worst happens this season, the squad is in such a better position than it has been going into a transfer window in the summer that we're building onto. We're not having to chuck a load out. Was it 11 players out in the summer? We won't be doing that again. We've got a, a good young squad that can be added to. Um, and even if the, if that's the worst that can happen, that's a good place to be, I think. I agree. I think I think the part of the problem is, for me, this season is very open. There were, you know, normally where you get standout teams who, you know, who, who start at a canter, you're, you're thinking... Can we hang on to a, a playoff place this season if we keep anything like our form? You know, we're in automatic promotion places. This was always a winnable season with who'd gone up, who'd gone down, and what have you. So there's that, there's that extra pressure. Actually, and I don't know this, but you kind of get the feeling um, that the board have, have said, get us a good, strong finish somewhere near the playoffs this season, uh, and we can and we hammer it next season. Now you hope it wasn't put like that, but. But, you know, I think they, they've given him the leeway with the contract and everything, the leeway to assemble, finish assembling this squad, get it playing together his way and have a real crack at it. Um, so, yeah, you can't say it's a, a bad season if we were to finish two outside the playoff places. You know, with the squad, you saw, like you said, you know, we're, we're, we're picking, you know, little places we can improve rather than filling gaping gaps, which we've been doing. But having said that, where we are, you know, for football fans, we we don't want to see us going the other way. Um, no, I mean, if you if you look at going into last season or last summer, we were going, oh, well, we've needed a defensive midfielder for ages. We've needed a left back. We've needed a striker. Well, the, the club have brought in Harris as the main striker. They've now brought, brought in Goodwin. They brought in Matete, admittedly only on loan, um, and McEachran. Then at left back, we've got two... I would say of the the best left backs we've had in the last decade, it, it, like really strong. Yeah, Ruffles was great. He, he was, but he was a defensive midfielder that started playing there to to fill a gap and ended up becoming our left back. Um, Joe Scars, yeah, was like a um, like a war hero almost, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's how he played. But you know, in terms of ability and and getting you off your seat the way Greg Lee plays football is so exciting and you see the amount of diags that were going over to Bennett. I haven't seen him not control it perfectly yet. Mm. Um, it, so those, those gaps that we've been saying for season after season, after season, we need to fill those gaps. 
are being filled and it is those tweaking things as you said Paul I, do you know I wasn't that positive at the beginning of this podcast it's really <laughs> cheered me up so yeah. <laughs> I love when you mentioned Greg Lee there when the players come out I was watching them Saturday when they come out to start the game not the warm-up players do that thing where everyone shakes hands and they go to each side and then some do some random leg stretches quickly some kind of, I don't know, you know, twist in different directions. Greg Lee just runs around jumping and doing headers into the air. I think, yeah, he's just, he's just getting warmed up for his game here. He's got that energy about it. It's like that bouncing Tigger kind of, you know. Just, yeah. 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 He, I think of, of, of everybody, he made one of the biggest differences because I imagine his energy around the changing room, everything I've heard is that he's super nice guy, super positive, super lively around the changing room. Defensively, he's a real presence. The amount of headers he's winning, as you as you were alluding to, um, and, and when he gets forward, he's a real nuisance. So uh, I think he had so, so many factors to us. That I think that's that was one of the hardest misses when he was injured. So having him back's a, a big bonus. And and coming, of course, coming being back. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I always feel bad saying. He's, he's not our number one because he's been such a great goalkeeper throughout his career, but he's not anymore. He is he is our number two. And yeah. to to get the defence used to playing in front of coming and have that consistency will will be a big part of the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, I don't think that reflects... I'm the same. I, I There are certain people that I just don't want to say a bad word about. I think Eastie's been a real servant for the club and, and he, was, he was and is a cracking goalkeeper, but he doesn't play in our style of play, and it, it really shows he hasn't got that confidence passing out from the back. When we were doing that bizarre three uh, three goal kick thing that we do mm. where we pass it along to him, most of the time he was just sho- sho- you know, shepherding people forward and, and kicking it long instead. Well, well what, as soon as we scored, there was a big conversation between Brown, Moore and, and Eastwood, and it seemed not heated, but there was a lot of of intention there where it, it seemed like the defenders were going stop stop just hoofing it up and he was saying but I haven't got any options and you could see he's not as comfortable in that way of playing and and that's fine from most of his career that hasn't been how a goalkeeper is used yeah. whereas Jamie Cummings more used to that um so yeah I think they mentioned it on the dub Beatles are a big loss, but I think Cummings are a good replacement and we just need to get them all used to playing together now. Yeah. You know, across the across the squad at the moment, we must have a hell of a wage bill. And if there's someone in, in accounts doing salaries paid versus minutes played, if that's a thing, <laughs> some of it must be just horrendous reading. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I always think when business people get involved in football, does it just tear them apart? Because they're probably used to putting money into things that shows results based on what they've invested, you know, but football yeah, return, is just mad, Return on it? investment, yeah. No, it's, yeah. Yeah. What about this guy we're paying all this to? Well, he's injured for a year. He's what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't pay him at that time, do yeah. we? No, 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 we, we definitely do. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's doing a signing at the club shop. Yeah. Does that make it worth the <laughs> <Yeah>. while? <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. To uh, to the women's team, who uh, if if we you know you want a, a team in in yellow and blue that are winning games left right and centre, um, that's a, a win on um, win on Sunday against the London Bees. Seven on the trot now um, since 
a defeat at Pompey, who are the team that come to Court Place Farm on Sunday. So a real big game. They're top of the table, Pompey, um, Oxford in third at the moment. Both teams on on fantastic winning runs. Um, so it's it's a it's a huge game. Um, really is a huge game for them. And and since that kind of almost enforced break, um, just over over Christmas, you know, quite a few weeks where where they didn't have a league game. Since they've been back and playing regularly, and and that that winning run is 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 really testament to how well the the the, the team and the and the coaching staff are doing there. Yeah, it's yeah, so I positive in there. I knew someone who was um, who was there watching it, and their sort of viewpoint of the game was that. Um, Oxford were by far the better side and then once the game was done sort of took the foot off the gas a bit conceded but then picked up to to get the fourth um, whether that was an eye looking towards Portsmouth and going right we've won this one now let's take it a bit easy and and rest up a bit not sure but to be able to not be completely on your A game and to win your seventh game in a row mm. is uh, is definitely a good place to be and and I'm sure they won't take their foot off the gas against um, against Pompey. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a, a hell of a game um, Sunday. Yes, yeah, I think if anyone's missing the Blackpool game because it's a long old way, maybe Sunday turn out for the Sunday game at uh, at Court Place Farm for the for the women instead. Yeah, I mean it's been so impressive. I'm it's it's a testament to to the fact that when we. When we had to, I think we dropped down a league or or, or um, relinquished a place, didn't we? Mm. A number of years ago, and I thought, oh, God, I hope this isn't just the club putting the the women's team to one side. And and but actually, they've been well looked after, well provided for, as far as I can see for, from from a, from a distance, and. That we're really reaping the benefits. I mean, there's there's basically every year seems to be one team in that league that that stop us from from going uh, um, all the way and getting to to the next spot. Um, and be it Ipswich or Portsmouth or, but you know these are not small small sides, and and we're really holding our own. And we just there's a, such a good feel about it that you you want to get back to that with the. With the men's side as well, you want to 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 sort of get back to that feeling because this is now, you know, we 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 are one kind of Oxford United now, and you want that to permeate and get into the to the men's side because they're just a little bit more of a, a kind of nervous, edgy feeling about the men's side. Whereas the women's side, whenever my notifications go off on my phone, is like, oh, who scored this time? Yeah, it's it's definitely a you know those sort of couple of seasons we've had where we've been. You know, around that playoff place between the South and North team, uh, the you know the two divisions play for the playoff, and it, it it would have been perhaps easy for that run to you know to have a season where it's kind of okay, let's take a breath and we'll go again next season. This you know it, the, there's the level of performance just just seems to have maintained. It's you know it's not dropped off. They've not let those standards slip, uh, uh, and you know. Fraser, you talked about you know players earning silly money and and not getting on the pitch for the men's team. You know it, it's I can't imagine there's much in the way of of wages for these girls. It's 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 expenses. You know there's a there's an appearance fee perhaps, but it's certainly you know it's it's not women's super league level. It's not 
one level for the Met. You know, it's 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 done for the love of the game to an extent, um, and and that you know is a is a huge reflection on on everyone involved that that they they can keep that level of performance and 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 be doing you know a day job as well. Yeah, and I think that's where you can see how much it means when it comes into the next few games when they are playing first, second, and fourth mm. <laughs> in those next few games. Mm. Um, it is to potentially it to become their career, their job. Yeah. They're yeah. like they are able to, you know, step up to that thing. And, and you think of any football fan, they might actually get to live that dream that mm. that we've all had, even though most of us knew we're not good enough. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and you know, couldn't get into our school teams and stuff. Um, I did. Ended up playing right back. Didn't want to. I wanted to be a striker. But anyway, they have that moment where, in the next few weeks, months, it could become that it becomes their career, and and how incredible for them. Hopefully, as well. If we if we get the stadium done, um, you know, that's going to be a massive thing for the women's team, isn't it? And um, you know, you could have things like you know, if you're a, a men's team. So season ticket holder you could you know make that seat your women's team season ticket as well and things like that so it'd be you know like you say Paul about the one club thing um would really sort of bring it in line a bit more hopefully Fraser do you decide I'm going to do a link here yeah. <laughs> a seamless link <laughs> I didn't even think of that it was no, I was going to say well funny you should say that Fraser because the club announced it very recently yeah they, they, I was going to say an update it's they they kind of shared a series of facts and details regarding the, the new stadium um I think I think some of it was kind of not rehashed, but some of it was stuff that was in the public domain anyway. But I think there's a there's one or two sort of bits in there that that not everyone was aware of. The the twenty five percent rail seating um, was an interesting point that that I don't think was necessarily part of the the you know the information that was put out earlier. This is kind of part of the consultation that's happened with fans. Um, and that's that's a you know, if, if, positive. If I've interpreted that correctly, and I'm not just showing off my math skills here, <laughs> that, that is to be four thousand seats that are standing. Is that right? Is that what yeah. they're saying? They're, they're rail seats, so they are. Um, yeah, think, like, you're still at a yeah, seat, aren't you? There's, but you're, there's you're still kind a, of a fold down position. seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, um, yeah. I think the uh, is it in the Champions League you're not allowed it but uh, in, in German leagues yeah <laughs> there are it's kind of it, it's flexible so if you have to be seated it's got a seat allocated put one per person if it's rail seating or, or safe standing for you know the, the term, I think it's one and a half people per yeah because some, so some stadia okay. it's one uh, mm. sorry it's one and a half and some it's two but yeah. I think the two is is much more sort of prominent in Germany. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a you know it, it's a a positive. I think that you know the the rail seating and and the safe standing. I think is a is a really important sort of factor in in helping with with atmosphere. Um, um, yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think it'll be a big boost for atmosphere if if only to congregate the the people who are most likely to sing into one tight area and have them kind of lead you saw for the first time against reading at home that there was that kind of unity in the singing in the first half i think you know the atmosphere was, some people say the atmosphere wasn't great i thought 
all right for a derby match maybe not but but actually compared to to the rest of the season which has kind of been a bit poor um it, it's it's the atmosphere was was really good and the singing was kind of continuous for the for the first half of the first half so i, I think it'll be a, a real bonus for that i think it it will help with that i know it's part of the bill for bigger clubs when they were talking about safe standing years ago was that you could fit more in not not massively more it's not like like standing itself but um but yeah i, I don't know whether that is factored into the sixteen thousand or whether it's not you'd like to think not you'd like to hope not because you know a little boost would, would be nice yeah especially when as you say the cup games and you you want it to be cup games. You want it to be under floodlights. Those those are <laughs> the, the best games. I don't know why they just are. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the the uh, sort of tying in that um, that sort of stadium update from the club in, and and the communication. You know, it's an issue that that Oxfox have raised um, with the club about communication. Um, you know, it it would be. These up, updates are great. It, it would be nice to hear a bit more from the club. Maybe, you know, Radio Oxford have been asked about five minutes fans forums and, and, and the fans forum itself, you know, where where a question and answer session would be not, you know, statements are great, but but a question that perhaps the club haven't addressed would, would be great as well. And I know Paul Oxfox have got a, a, a fans forum. Hopefully, early March that seems to be where we're headed with that yeah we're nearly there um we're hoping uh, to announce that in the next few days the kind of responsibility got got put on us which is fine we've been we've been kind of nagging ourselves and OUSP we've been nagging for for long enough and they said okay look we'll do it we'll agree to two per year one you know with the the um, off the field staff and one with the, the sort of manager and, and what have you and that and that's that's great it's a good split and that that's enough I think for fans for them if your communication is good enough that's that's fine um, so uh, yeah it'll be uh, the, the first week of March um, uh, we're just literally just trying to tie down the dates the reason it's taken a little bit longer is because we want Grant there and we made a point of saying you know this guy's our chairman. <laughs> We'd love to sit and speak to him, you know. Where I know we know he's not in the in the country a massive amount, but when he is, you know, we so we got that agreed, uh, and then it was just making a date around there. So it, we should be able to announce that in the next few days, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's it's not gone quite on it. We're just trying to you know sort out all the details, and I think these things are are massively important. The communication it's it's, it's difficult because we were doing so much work on the stadium and that was a very sort of unified approach and, and that's great but then you you reach a, and you don't want to kind of keep putting spanners in 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 the works but you reach a point where actually you're saying look this is this is b becoming detrimental to to, to to the way the club's being built our supporters you know they've said repeatedly the supporters are, are you know at the heart of this club we've got to act like that as a club then you know, and, and we can't afford to leave people, um, you know, during our conversation with Tim. And these, these are, you know, people who want success for the club, you know, both for themselves per personally and for the club, you know, and they, he, he was saying about not wanting to put stuff out before it's sealed up and done, and you know, putting out too much information before that was, you know, had variables in it. But, but I don't think what they get is that 
we're used to that level of communication and people get nervous if if they're not hearing things so when we didn't put a planning permission when everybody thought it was going to go in people are starting to question why is there problems are there you know i think something i said to them well, why not something simple that just says look we've got a couple of issues we're ironing out we'd rather go in you know fully loaded than than you know with a couple of problems on our back we'll get that done we think we'll be ready to do this but they were very reluctant to kind of commit to anything that wasn't you know completely nailed down so we're in that that point now where we're working really hard to try and improve the communication improve the transparency and, and you know get this kind of weight off the fans which is where we're sort of feeling a little bit like we're left out of the loop yeah and it and it doesn't take much like you say it, on the planning issue you know a, a statement or a, a a brief interview a five minute fan forum you know or whatever it might be where somebody tim be it tim or grant says exactly what you've just said there which is yeah you know we we were hoping to get planning in by now but there's one or two issues and we we just need to iron them out before we put the planning in and 99 percent of the fan base would go that's fine yeah totally understand that great and it, it is frustrating that that's that's not happening it, you know it, it's like especially as it's, it's how it's done it, it's kind of come from them putting something out that initially that wasn't completely 100% by saying we're going to put in planning permission by um, by the autumn by January we you've given that information and now you're saying well we don't want to say um, that we haven't put it in until we know exactly what the situation is but you, you did say something when you didn't know what the situation was so come out and say yeah it's not ready we'll let you know when we're doing it we will still be don't don't you worry everything's fine <laughs> but instead of instead of just going quiet because going quiet is is um it's i think worrying. for every football club worrying. is yeah. is worrying definitely for every football club that has had issues with ownership at some point in their history which which unfortunately is most and 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 that's the sort of nail on the head really we i, I keep saying look Bear in mind our history, bear in mind of, you know, where we've come from in terms of owners, but also in, in terms of kind of the contact we've had. I mean, there's definitely a mindset thing. I've sat in meetings and just, they've sort of looked at me as if, you know, as if I'm insane and I've looked at them in, in a similar matter where I'm going, look, why aren't you talking? Why aren't, you know, things like the five minute fans forum, all right. You know, it's, it's not perfect, but, Jerome condensed it down into a really good, I mean, he, and it, it was more like a 15-minute fans forum, into a, a really good sort of tight little show where he'd edit it down and and then so there'd be a lot of questions. They'd generally be good questions and and it took the pressure off people. Go, going to a meeting, standing up and asking a question at a forum or something is, you know, it's nervous for a lot of people. Actually, they could just email in the questions, you know, and, and get them asked and there'd be a lot of questions on the same theme. So a lot of people would get covered. You know, and they just, uh, you know, we don't really see the point. It's a lot of hard work and we don't feel like, you know, we can answer the questions properly. And I, I don't view it that way. I don't I, I don't understand that the way they they view that. I mean, I get that they don't want to put stuff out there that, that might get contradicted. But as you were saying with the date, you know, they, they didn't say it will definitely be here or it will definitely be there. They said, look, we're hoping to get it, you know, late autumn, early January. When it wasn't going to be, you just come in and go, we've had a few issues we've made the decision that actually better to go in fully prepared 
you know, we're hoping to finish in the first, you know, by the end of the first quarter, have it all tied up and we'll keep you updated. And that just, you know, takes the pressure off. There's definitely a, a different mindset about how communication is run and, and that's what we're, we're fighting at the moment. And it, it's kind of, um, it's brought about a little bit of an impasse on certain things because, you know, we think the fans deserve more and, and I don't think they view it as, as 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 not providing for the fans. I think they just say think it's the sensible way to do business, tell people when it's all done, and it's kind of not the way it should be done, I don't think. I also think that when you've got certain things throughout the week, so the preview show doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, you've got the interview with the player, you've got the interview with the manager, you've got the dub, uh, which isn't from the club, it's from Radio Oxford. That's really good. But I think that everything that comes out of the club drip feeds into the atmosphere on a Saturday. And speaking from my own industry as an actor, teasers, trailers, all of that stuff, every little thing you've got, this is coming up soon. You've got this to get excited to. The, the five-minute fans forum, you, there were usually questions about the stadium, questions about you know signings, depending on who it was at the club, some sort of stupid other question about have you been to this pub or what's your favourite pizza topping, whatever it is. So it, it rounds and you get to know those players and it, it everything builds to I can't wait till Saturday now. And that means that when you're at the match on a Saturday or Tuesday night, whenever it is, when you're at that match, you're living it. This is what I've been looking forward to all week. Whereas at the moment, what happens is the dub comes out on Monday and then you wait around and you get the interview and, and whatever on Thursday. And then you wait until Saturday. And that that's, I, I just want more. I want as much mm, as can absolutely. be thrown my way to build up. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, Paul, was I was saying to Simon on Saturday, you know, usually if you, if you have a disagreement with someone in life, you've got a point of view, they've got a point of view, and you think different things, but you can kind of see how they reach their conclusion. The Michael and Sue merchandise issue, which was part of the Oxfox update, I just cannot for the life of me understand what the club's position is on this or how they've reached this position. Um, I've heard the thing said that it's a merchandising issue. They don't want unlicensed people selling things that aren't licensed for that season, blah, blah, blah. But it, from my point of view, it's still club merchandise just from previous years. And I can't see how they've reached the conclusion to, to bar this yet. Uh, not and not remotely budge on the position either. Do you have any more insight than me? Or yeah, kind of. Um, it's another one that's. I mean, I'm getting a flat forehead from banging my head on desks. It's one of those ones <laughs> where Cameron Brannigan style. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, it's one of those ones where you think, oh, if you, you know, if you'd been here longer than six months, I think you'd have a different perspective. Now they have. Great footballing knowledge, I'm sure. You know, Man United, Reading, um, uh, other other such clubs, um, and that's fine. But but actually, if you have an appreciation for what Michael and Sue have done, and where the way I tried to explain it was, their money probably is is massively important to the um, to the trust to the community trust. But you know, back in the day, that money was helping to save the club. That yeah. they are massively important to. To this club now their argument and the bit of it that i understand is okay we've got a brand we've got branded gear if we're selling two-year-old stuff or stuff that we don't use anymore or slightly different logo or 
you know, that kind of interferes with the, the brand. I sort of get that. If, if I stretch myself over to their side, I sort of get that. What I don't get, because they're talking to, they're talking about this brand and if you talk about Man United, it's a global brand. How many clicks you can get in Asia? How many, you know, it, there are these huge numbers bouncing about. Our, our brand is people like Sue and Michael. They are they are so much at the heart of the sort of club we are. And I've, I've, said, I've said often that we're kind of a community club you know, Oxford's a kind of community place for a, for a big city, world-renowned city. We're a little village. Everybody mm. knows everybody and everybody knows somebody who lives near somebody. And, you know, the football club's the same way. And, and actually, you're hurting the brand more if you if you affect people like Sue and Michael. Now, they tell, tell me they're still in, you know, negotiations with them. Actually, there's not a lot being done that, that can help them. So... It's kind of the community trust that are working on that now. And we've got something going with the community trust, which hopefully the club will get involved in, um, which, which should bring in, you know, fill the gap for money that they're getting. But also hopefully um, it, it will be something that they can do from the, the stall as well as the other bits and pieces that they can still do. I think this is one of those ones where you it, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit because what they're protecting, they've actually damaged more by doing it the way they're doing it and and this might have naturally played out at the new stadium anyway you know as we reach the new stadium and you know set up new stalls they were there you know if we get the stadium we're going to have a dozen shops all around the you know the, we're going to have a decent club shop in the ground as opposed to to miles away so it'll be a different dynamic anyway but um you know so i sort of get i sort of get the point behind it i don't get the approach and i I don't get the way they've done it. And I've said it repeatedly and I've, I've reached a point where, you know, we're just trying to do what we can the other side now to to, to mitigate what's happened as opposed to, to sort of change any minds now. But doesn't this perfectly illustrate the fact that if at the very beginning there was something, someone that just said, oh, the reason is we don't want old old merchandise being mixed in with the new merchandise. We want it all to be a clean slate fresh from from now we really appreciate everything they've done they'll be able to sell you know up up to date stuff but not that sort of thing then there wouldn't have been you you wouldn't be on this podcast now saying what you're saying and having to to do that there wouldn't have been four or five months of people going well why is that that's not good they're not treating them very well and so have someone say it from the off yeah i mean in fairness to them i and i have to kind of balance these things because it's only fair they don't really come out and say it themselves they haven't said look you can't do the stall anymore um what they've said is you can't sell branded merchandise so still the programs i think they agreed that they could sell the badges that they did because because the club didn't sell badges a lot of what they were selling selling used to be sort of training kit from from the year before or or you know the community trust would have kit left over from when where they had their training stuff and it's updated and they'd hand it on they you know they'd sell it and, and you know they'd end up getting the money back so it was a great deal it, it was that and, and what it's done is it's put them in a position where actually they're not making nearly as much money as they used to so they're starting to feel like is it worth putting the stall out if we're not making proper money to be able to give them you know they gave the community trust a five thousand pound check the other the other week and it's it's so good. It's so good when fans are involved. And from the length of time they've been doing this, churning away, doing good stuff for our club, 
that actually I think you just bite the bullet and go, okay, guys, let's keep going this way and just change a little tiny little bit at a time. So can we not do that? We'll replace it with this or we can set you up with that. So they haven't just kicked them out. It's fair to say that, but I don't think they've dealt with it very well either. And that's the kind of key when you're, you're dealing with people who've done so much for the club. You know, you need to step a little carefully, and I just don't think they have. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, Paul, was where I know it's in the update, but could you just give us a brief overview on your thoughts of cab, fab, whatever it is? <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> The fab, cab, cab, fab. Um, it's supported by the FSA, the Football Sports Association. So it's not inherently a bad thing. I think it's mandated in the Premier League, but I view that as a different thing. They're very different beasts, Premier League clubs, to the way we run. We weren't involved in the initial process. We got told after discussions had already been had with the FSA, and there were a lot of things that we didn't like about it or, or were nervous about it. It has the potential to be to be useful. Uh, I mean, we would have been one of perhaps six on the board. I mean, and these are discussions that are being had at the moment, but ourselves were, were offered a, a permanent place on the board, I think, as, as were OUSP, and then four other people. And we were watching our sort of dwindling access to, to key people, to, to, you know, to Grant, to Tim, key people at the club, you know, um, we used to speak to the FD um, every year, and, and, and at the time we weren't we were being told we wouldn't get that anymore. And then we were looking at sort of cab and 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 being told, well, we'll have four meetings a year. Um, that stuff will be then funneled up to the uh, uh, um, to Tim and and Grant, and and they will put out between them four updates a year, um, responding to some of it and, and just basically giving us an update. Our issues were all. Well, how how is that empowering the fans what comeback do they have i'm assuming all that we'll get from that is is minutes um and these are minutes that obviously everybody at the meeting will have reviewed so the club will be able to i assume dictate a little bit as to, to bits that go in um by confidentiality and and I, I think we just had the feeling at the time that that we were having such a hard time with them that this was just going to add to that, 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 that if they wanted to, and, and, and I'm not saying they would, but if they wanted to, they could just funnel us there saying, no, CAB is where we deal with all this. Speak to us in there. And all of a sudden we become, you know, uh, an independent, but one of six with, you know, the only comeback is when we step out as Oxfox and speak to our, our members. So we, we have fundamental issues with it. Now, in fairness to the club, they're, they're saying, okay, we want to get this done. So, what will it take? And we're now speaking to them. But the question keeps coming back. What, how can you safeguard our independence and, and our access, which we haven't been getting? Um, and, and how will this thing be an improvement on running the same sort of process with Oxox and with OUSP? Where, where is the benefit? You, we could be putting out, you could put out minutes of our meetings yourself to, to cover that aspect. It, you know, actually, I'm not sure what more it gives. Now, you know, we're run by the members uh, and we've been, in the last update, we, we, you know, we said, please give us a response. We've had loads of responses, probably as many as I can remember when, um, from, from since I've been chairman. So 
people have a point and and at some point we may put it to a vote but but we'll be led by what the members think but yeah we we have concerns i mean it, it's not something that i hate it's not something that that i don't think could work i just i just see a lot of issues with it yeah it, it, i mean it does feel as though well you have you know the club have a a, a route to the fans in terms of communication through oxfox and through the supporters panel why why do they need another channel for that if if not to kind of sideline the 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 the, the two groups that are already there you know it, it does seem a bit odd. and it's interesting you mentioned the bigger clubs you know the or the premier league clubs rather you know and it's i'm you know i'm a committee member of oxfox and i i, I and I know how difficult it is to get people to commit time to to take part, either supporters panel or Oxfox. And if if the club are expecting people to step forward and put themselves forward for the for the fab cab, you know they might find people that want to do that. But it, it's you know it, it's hard to get people involved at the best of the times. And and are they going to necessarily get the right people or enough people or or however it might be? It's you know. It, yeah, it seems it seems an, an unnecessary level layer of, of bureaucracy um, that doesn't yeah. doesn't benefit anyone really. That's that's the worry, and you know you know me, Simon. I'm when it comes to Oxfox, I I always I'm on the cautious side. I always, in terms of I always look at the potential pitfalls of something. So you know the stadium. Mm what if we had another situation what if an owner down the line we have a situation how can we make agreements that secure the stadium to the club and, and what have you and that's how we go about it and with this on the same so i looked at and and, and they actually said look, you've been really negative about it about this and i said well that's kind of my job yeah that's what i'm supposed to do and and if you drill into the negative side you could say all right if they don't want difficult questions from oxfox they could say look we're speaking about this next month in in cab leave it there it's a good place to corral all the all the kind of um engagement say what well, we're doing it in in cab and then all that happens is that gets passed up and and they consider it at a higher level and you know how much comeback is there from that how much strength the you know are we able to put our members to bear as part of as part of um cab uh, i just don't know how that works so so yeah, at the worst side of the scale, I see I see some some major problems with it, and and given the position we're in, fighting for you know kind of better communication, you know desperately fighting for it at the moment, um, I, I I can't see it being a sensible decision for us in its present guise. As I've said, the, the club, you know, have said, well, what will it take to get this thing off the ground? They they want it started so um but you know we're in no hurry to no we've got Oxfox <laughs> and we've got OUSP and there's nothing that can't be handled between the two of them between the two of us in the meantime so we'd much rather spend a year getting something that actually functions than rush to stick something in that that, that then gets kind of used and abused by by you know if if somebody doesn't if we're not yeah. in agreement with with the club all of a sudden, or if new owners come in who don't want to speak to anybody, or so yeah, that that's the position we're in at the moment. We're we're keeping fans, uh, members rather, um, and supporters as, as informed as we can. Um, we'll give more details over it. The 
club asked us not to put the original details out because I think there were a lot of flaws in it and, and we agreed to do that. I mean, we might have to put something out to, to give people a better idea of, what, of the starting point before we then, you know, get any changes agreed. But yeah, there's there's a lot about it that we're, we're very cautious of. So yeah. uh, that's the position we're at. Like you say, it, it, it's not something that necessarily needs to be rushed. There, you know, it, the club could could speak openly to the fans. They don't need to go through this fan advisory club advisory board. It, you know, they, nothing's stopping them from talking to the fans as, as things stand at the moment. So I think you know, like you say, it, it's something that uh, the Oxbox are looking at and and will kind of give updates in in due course. Um, but yeah, like you say, there there, there isn't a, a, a desperate need to rush it through. It, it's something that needs to be done properly. No, I, I, and I think I mean we had a, a as soon as we found out of it, we had a conversation with with the FSA. In fact, with a guy that they've spoken to previously, um, and it, and it would have been helpful to to speak to him at the time. But um, but you know, and he was like, look, this is all about kind of Oxfox and to an extent of USP because you know you've got to be on board with this thing and, and it's got to work for you and I said well look can you understand the positions in which it doesn't you know he, he said yeah of course and that's where your kind of negotiations start and if it doesn't work for you, you you've got to kind of stand back and say no this this doesn't work for us it's it's a really tricky one because you know when you're hammering at the door asking for transparency and communication and somebody puts something in front of you that says, well, you know, there you go, you'll you'll have guaranteed communication. It's very tempting just to say, you know, to, to view, especially with not so much for me, um, but if you're outside to say, well, that's the club doing their job, you know, you, you could look at it more as a sort of tick box, tick box exercise that, that actually may have a detrimental effect because you don't have a completely independent body asking whatever they, they want and and reporting back in the way we do, there's a, there's a reason that we that we don't minute meetings is because actually, if you went back to the club with a minuted meetings, they'd come in and I'm sure just sensibly would probably cross a chunk of stuff out just in case. Whereas if we have a meeting with them and they'll tell us what's what's confidential and what's not, we will never break confidentiality unless we we fear it puts the club at risk. Um, but but we can then take that. Having spoken to councillors, to to various other people, other people at the club, we can then put a rounded view on it and do an update rather than minutes to say, "Here's what we spoke about. This is what was said. We've spoken to other people. Here's our general view." And we and we kind of had to do that with with the the planning stuff because, as I said, they were they were very reluctant to say anything, um, because from their point of view, it's better to say nothing and then come out with the fact at the end than it is to say we're at this point we've done this we, we're hoping for this and we think very differently but uh, so we had to put together and I almost had to frame it as we believe it will be you know the end of the first quarter because you know we're, we're confident it will be but it shouldn't really be us kind of dictating these things. No there's there's a I, I think an angle that we come out as a as a fan-led unofficial podcast that we sort of like the fact we can say they were crap 
this wasn't good all of that stuff we can do all of that but it's it sort of feels like if the club were to go oh what we're going to do is we're going to have a much better podcast it's going to have people from Tamana it's going to have it's going to have Jack in it's going to have people from the dub it's going to be brilliant you've just got to say how good we are yeah (laughs) I'm not saying that it would be you just have to say how good we are but it means that which we would as long as we were good Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be but good first, then we'll say you're good. <laughs> further down the line, it could reach a point where a new owner, whatever it is, goes, no, you say this. Mm. And and the independence is so vital to, you know, so much stuff. It's what a union is. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I've blown that up, but it, it's it's true. And you, you're kind of putting yourself out there on the edge a little bit. I mean, I don't get me wrong, this, is, this isn't about me because... I can't imagine I'll be here longer than about, well, here with Oxford, so I hope I'm still here. Um, but I'll be around longer for more than about a year, perhaps. Uh, if this is about Oxford's going on, and it's massively important to me that there is still an Oxford, because I've seen the times when, you know, we were getting winding up petitions and, you know, I've seen the times when we're all of a sudden, you know, got more money and we're going for the stadium and how effective and how useful and independent and strong Oxfox is and we we're desperately trying to engage people more and you know our numbers have grown we we're really lucky we're sort of 1800 at the moment we want to push that to 2000 when you when you speak to the FSA they're massively impressed they, they always point to us and say that that's a, a really well um, membered uh, association for, for our league it, and the size of our club is it's brilliant we've got great numbers and that's brilliant that says a lot about the oxford fans as i was saying before the, the communication they want the engagement they want and getting a load of letters up from people i spent most of the day replying to 30 or 40 letters from because i kind of want to reply to everybody so that you know you don't feel like it's a wasted um email so i spent the day um sending off emails and that's that's such a massive part of what we are and the danger is that if we then become one six of that in cab and we're not given the same kind of uh, access and we're slowly diluted, I think that's a problem. That's a problem, especially when things start going wrong, because, you know, there are occasions when you have to stand back and, and point the club and say something needs to be done. You know, changes need to be made, mm. you know, and, 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 and to do that, you have to have independence. You can't be sat in the middle of a board that, so yeah I, I think there are good points of it i i hope they're doing it with the right i did with the right ideas in mind uh, and the right um the right intentions but it's just too open for for being um being slightly abused i'd have to say and and, and for leaving us in a situation where, where we're even less access than we've got now so as I said, they're, they're discussing it. They've not written any any kind of red lines over which we can't step yet. So, you know, we'll discuss it. We'll react to the members. Uh, you know, they've all, as I said, loads of them have, have written in already. We'll 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 gauge off that and and we'll make our decision as we go on. If it if we're forced into a decision quickly, it, currently it'll almost certainly be no because it, it, it's not right yet if in a year's time or, or however long it takes to get this thing right, then, you know, we'll put it to members if, if they think it's the right thing to do. It might be something we get involved in. 
I'm, I'm aware of time. So. This might need to be cut in two, this one. Uh, hi, Tim, for part yeah. one, and hi, Tim, for part two. <laughs> I think we, well, we've, we've covered a lot tonight already. Um, is there anything else anyone wants? Any, any other business? I did want to say my favourite piece of, I don't know if this is over-communication or under-communication, was uh, <laughs> a thing that went out on the iFollow app and uh, and I'm sure on the website, which was a Reading reminder, which happened on Thursday afternoon, I think it was. And this was the whole reminder. Mm. Oxford United welcomed Reading on Saturday for the first ever league game between the two teams at the Kassam Stadium. That's it. I was waiting for the rest <laughs> to load. It did- like, it's true. It was like it's factual. Just a reminder: the kickoff time is earlier than it would be. Yeah, yeah. But it it doesn't even say that. Nah. It just says, uh, "Oh, just thought I'd remind you of this. Uh, there's a game this weekend, like there is every weekend." Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can I add to the AOB? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very lucky. I mean, it's quite hard what we do, but I'm very lucky. I get to meet lots of uh, of great sports and have lots of chat and have lots of really nice moments and one really nice moment that happened the other day was um being able to we put together simon did the hard work on this we put together a banner for rosie's 40 years and i I wanted to bring that up because we talk about the heart of the club and for somebody my age um he was a fantastic player um a real spark around the club and to have then followed that through 40 years He's um, a thoroughly entertaining guy, always turns the joke on himself. He, he's, he's self-deprecating and a lot of fun. And can I just say, when he saw that we put Chelsea Reject on the banner, he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. He called us over on the pitch at, at halftime. So Simon and I put the banner up at halftime. We went over, gave him a big hug and congratulated him. And that was a really nice moment for us because he, he's a super nice guy. And he is, you know, I'm sure you could find somebody better qualified for, that role better um, uh, with a university degree in, in uh, what have you, you wouldn't find a better guy for, for our supporters and for our club and, and well done for him four years with us. Chelsea reject, what else can you say? Yeah. I must say that things like that banner, um, that sort of spirit and that sort of thing, they're really contagious, aren't they? Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's seen that picture seen that? knows yes. what that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last, yes, yeah. Oh, Forty. <laughs> yeah, it's the we, Paul and I were stood there, people uh, where we sit, all no, pointing yeah. and waving. <laughs> we'd started to unroll. For anyone who hasn't seen it, we'd started to unroll the banner, and we were waiting for Rosie to come out. So the 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 last three letters were visible of the of the three lines that were there, and and that was. Yeah, Rosie, 40 years, S. Chelsea, reject, T. Oxford legend, D. So we stood there with a big banner that read STD. So and people were pointing and waving. I was just waving back. Oh, like, lads, I'm on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't until later. No, it, 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 it was... <laughs> was a lovely thing to do. The banner was great. Yeah, um, yeah that was no, good. It was. It was. He, he, you're absolutely right, Paul. He's, he's a genuinely... He is an Oxford legend, I think. Well, we're, we're too you know, prone to wait until you know people are it's gone. Too late to yeah. remember how much they've done, and mm. just to be able to tell him that in our own way. And he loved it. He heard them singing Chelsea Reject, and he was yeah. glowing. He was like, "Oh, this, yeah. this is brilliant!" And and people like that need to know because they put in a lot of time and a lot of effort into the club. 
and 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 it's really nice to be able to to, to tell them it's appreciated so yeah it was a really good moment absolutely uh for anyone that listened the other day when i when i spoke about what the club did for um for lost fans and how mm. nice it was and i got the picture and so on uh is a year ago on on saturday that um dad passed away and so uh from the club account i'll tweet the picture so that you can see the picture that, that came through um and just what a nice touch that was it like further to the club being great i know that this this pod has sort of shown the the, the great and the not so great from from being a, a a football fan but um in general you know football's a, a great thing a great community and we're all we're all pleased to be part of this same this same group yeah, absolutely. That, that you know, a lot said about football family. Um, but you know, I I wouldn't have met you three guys, and I wouldn't have met a, a huge number of people that that I now count as friends. That you know, you would you'd never have would never have happened if it wasn't for this football. Sorry, club. we're separate to the friends. <laughs> you no, wouldn't have met I, us or some oh, friends. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say uh, that. Soldier Simon. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Good night. <laughs> but no, it, it is. It's that football family, and I, it, it's. To be fair, I see you guys more than I see a lot of my own family. So you know. <laughs> but but that is that is a really important uh, issue, and I know you're winding up now, and I'm rattling on, but I think that's a massively important issue at football. No matter how much the investment that's going on, and there is incredible investment, we've been really well looked after, and a lot of you know, you know, how, who thought we'd have got this far with the stadium process, um, you know, a, a few years ago. So there's so many good things to 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 be looking at, but actually, what do you go to football for? You don't go to football on your own. You rarely go to football on your own, and when you do, it's probably because you know the people around you. You don't just go for the wins. You go for the people that are there and for the atmosphere and the shared experience. And actually, if you haven't got that kind of heart of the club thing going on, it's kind of immaterial whether you're winning. It's, you know, I think this this period has shown it doesn't matter how well you're doing. It's a great little buzz when you're on a good run. But if you had to go on, on your own, you know, I, I went to a match during COVID and it was, it was dire. It was horrible. It was horrible. Mm. Horrible. Um, yeah, I was doing the social media for the club. Uh, the only time I sort of felt how you feel at a football match was against, um, it was Gillingham because Steve Evans was in charge. Um, and they were 2 0 up with about 12 minutes to go, and we won 3 2. And that moment the third goal came in, went in, I felt like I was a football match for five or six seconds, but you just want to hug the people next to you. <laughs> And it, it's just not it's just not the same. Yeah, and that's what we've got to safeguard at this club. We we've got to make sure that there's that still that connection with the fans and the you know, because I think it pushes the team forward as well. So absolutely. I think that's a, a, a perfect point to 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 wrap up. But yeah, apps yeah, couldn't have couldn't have said it any better. Absolutely spot on, Paul. So hi Tim for part three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. Well, we'll we'll hopefully uh, be back next week, um, maybe after the Wigan game, and and looking forward to the following weekend. Um, but in, until then, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.